If you're tired of these promos, supporters get the podcast early and ad-free. Just go to donate.bogosity.tv for the links to sign up. Welcome to the Bogosity Podcast for the week of June 13, 2021. The podcast that invented steel-toed sandals. This is your host, Shane Killian. Let's pre-specify the news of the bogus. And we start off with another good Supreme Court ruling, this time in Mahoney Area School District VBL, where the court ruled 8-1 to in favor of a cheerleader who was disciplined for posting the Snapchat off campus. In 2017, 14-year-old Brandy Levy expressed frustration about not making the varsity cheerleading squad by posting a photo to Snapchat with a middle finger raised and the caption, quote, Fuck school, fuck softball, fuck cheer, fuck everything. Her snap, which was made on a Saturday, was only visible for 24 hours to 250 of her friends and disappeared before the start of the school week. But some of them made screenshots and the coaches saw them, and their widow fifis were herded. So they suspended her from the JV team for violating school rules. Levy went to court arguing that the suspension violated her First Amendment rights. The court agreed, so the school, apparently a glutton for punishment, went to the Supreme Court for another smackdown. The court ruled that there were three conditions for off-campus speech to meet in order for the school to have an interest in it. First, it has to be a part of a school's function of in loco parentis, meaning that the school is acting on behalf of the child's parents as they normally would when the child is at school. But, they noted it's rare for a school to stand in loco parentis when a student is speaking off campus since they're generally under the authority of their parents at the time. Second, the school's interest would have to be exceptional, since if the school could regulate all of their off-campus speech, that would, together with on-campus speech, quote, include all the speech a student utters during the full 24-hour day. That means courts must be more skeptical of a school's efforts to regulate off-campus speech, for doing so may mean the student cannot engage in that kind of speech at all. And third, the school's interest in restricting the student's speech must outweigh their, quote, interest in protecting a student's unpopular expression, especially when the expression takes place off-campus, because America's public schools are the nurseries of democracy. They found, quote, 1. BL's posts are entitled to First Amendment protection. The statements made in BL Snapchats reflect criticism of the rules of a community of which BL forms a part. And BL's message did not involve features that would place it outside the First Amendment's ordinary protection. 2. The circumstances of BL's speech diminished the school's interest in regulation. BL's posts appeared outside of school hours from a location outside the school. She did not identify the school in her posts, or target any member of the school community with vulgar or abusive language. BL also transmitted her speech through a personal cell phone to an audience consisting of her private circle of Snapchat friends. 3. The school's interest in teaching good manners and consequently in punishing the use of vulgar language aimed at part of the school community is weakened considerably by the fact that BL spoke outside the school on her own time. BL spoke under circumstances where the school did not stand in loco parentis, and the vulgarity in BL's post encompassed a message of criticism. In addition, the school has presented no evidence of any general effort to prevent students from using vulgarity outside the classroom. 4. 
The school's interest in preventing disruption is not supported by the record, which shows the discussion of the matter took at most five to ten minutes of an algebra class for just a couple of days, and that some members of the cheerleading team were upset about the content of BL Snapchats. This alone does not satisfy Tinker's demanding standards. 5. Likewise, there is little to suggest a substantial interference in, or disruption of, the school's efforts to maintain cohesion on the school cheerleading squad. Justice Breyer, writing the opinion, said, quote, It might be tempting to dismiss BL's words as unworthy of the robust First Amendment protections discussed herein, but sometimes it is necessary to protect the superfluous in order to preserve the necessary. We cannot lose sight of the fact that, in what otherwise might seem a trifling and annoying instance of individual distasteful abuse of a privilege, these fundamental societal values are truly implicated. Justice Alito, in a concurring opinion, had a good point, quote, Why does the First Amendment ever allow the free speech rights of public school students to be restricted to a greater extent than the rights of other juveniles who do not attend a public school? Suppose that BL had been enrolled in a private school and did exactly what she did in this case, send out vulgar and derogatory messages that focused on her school's cheerleading squad. The Commonwealth of Pennsylvania would have had no legal basis to punish her and almost certainly would not have even tried. So why should her status as a public school student give the Commonwealth any greater authority to punish her speech? I have to say, the logic of Justice Thomas's dissent eludes me. Quote, but the majority omits important detail. What authority does a school have when it operates in loco parentis? How much less authority do schools have over off-campus speech and conduct? And how does a court decide if speech is on or off-campus? I mean, seriously, Thomas? You're usually a lot smarter than that. It's probably telling that he couldn't quite seem to bring himself to type out the F-word in a direct quote of Levy's message, spelling it F asterisk asterisk asterisk, when the court itself had no compunction about doing so. He claims that the court ignores 150 years of history, but doesn't say why their numerous citations of precedent don't count. He also said, quote, Although schools had less authority after a student returned home, it was well settled that they could still discipline students for off-campus speech or conduct that had a proximate tendency to harm the school environment. Okay, but how did this speech do that? And no, making them get their panties in a twist doesn't count. Quote, Assuming that BL speech occurred off campus. What do you mean, assuming? It was a Saturday and she was at a gas station. Quote, The purpose and effect of BL speech was to degrade the program and cheerleading staff in front of other pupils, thus having a direct and immediate tendency to subvert the cheerleading coach's authority. As a result, the coach had authority to discipline BL. Well, with that logic, they can discipline any criticism of the school. Surely the First Amendment can't allow that. Quote, And although the majority sugarcoats this speech's criticism, it is well settled that schools can punish vulgar speech at least when it occurs on campus. But this wasn't on campus, was it? What's with all the bait and switch? But the interwebs make this totes different, yo. Quote, Unlike Tinker, which involved a school's authority under a straightforward fact pattern, this case involves speech made in one location, but capable of being received in countless others, an issue that has been aggravated exponentially by recent technological advances. 
the court's decision not to create a solid foundation in Tinker, and now here not to consult the relevant history, predictably causes the majority to ignore relevant analysis. But regardless of where it was received, it could only be received by about 250 of her friends, no teachers or coaches, and disappeared before school resumed on Monday. So it couldn't be received by teachers or coaches, and couldn't be received by anyone during school hours. The fact that some people kept screenshots is not her problem. Anyway, students now have more of their constitutional rights protected, which is good. It probably made a bunch of coaches, teachers, and administrators clutch their pearls and cry, which is even better. If you're looking for ways to support this channel, but you don't have any spare cash and you can't stand advertisements, you can do so by generating your own cryptocurrency. Use the links at the bottom of the description to listen to the podcast and all of my videos on BitTube.tv or LBRY.tv to get cryptocurrency for the creator and yourself. Or if you listen to the podcast at the podcast page, you'll also generate crypto. You can also go to airtime.bogosity.tv to get the airtime extension and generate crypto for yourself and the creators on the web anywhere you go, including my YouTube channel. Get five tubes free just for installing the extension and signing up, and then simply browse the web as normal. Easily monetize your favorite creators and yourself with cryptocurrency without advertising on BitTube.tv or LBRY.tv or with the Airtime extension at Airtime.Pagosity.tv. This one isn't the Supreme Court, but it's still significant. Florida just won an important case over the CDC regarding their COVID lockdown orders. The CDC had issued orders making it extremely difficult for cruise ships to operate. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, whose state's economy heavily depends on the cruise industry, sued, and U.S. District Judge Stephen Maryday delivered a 124-page order saying that Florida would be harmed if the CDC order were to continue. The order requires a cruise ship to have 98% of its crew and 95% of its passengers fully vaccinated to operate despite the fact that only about 70% is needed for herd immunity, and it's established that immunity from the virus itself probably lasts as long as the vaccine. DeSantis also said that the requirement of a vaccine passport was too onerous. I'd say it's a HIPAA violation, and I have no idea why more people aren't making that argument. It even required that cruise ships conduct a simulated voyage, whatever that means and whatever good it would do. DeSantis said, quote, the CDC has been wrong all along, and they knew it. The CDC and the Biden administration concocted a plan to sink the cruise industry. <laughs> I see what you did there. Hiding behind bureaucratic delay in lawsuits. Today, we are securing this victory for Florida families, for the cruise industry, and for every state that wants to preserve its rights in the face of unprecedented federal overreach. Florida Attorney General Ashley Moody said, quote, Today's ruling is a victory for the hard-working Floridians whose livelihoods depend on the cruise industry. The federal government does not, nor should it ever, have the authority to single out and lock down an entire industry indefinitely. The court's ruling takes effect on July 18, and until then, the CDC can appeal or enter in mediation with the state. And hopefully it'll set a trend for other lockdown-based lawsuits as well.
If you're on the Wi-Fi in a coffee shop or hotel, anyone on that network can get your traffic. Do you really trust all of those strangers? For that matter, do you really trust your ISP? A VPN can protect you from prying eyes, disguise your location, and even foil government sensors. It's essential in this day and age. So go to vpn.pagosity.tv and you'll be taken to BoxPN. Starting at just $2.99 a month, you can get unlimited high-speed connections to VPN servers all over the world. And they don't log connections, so your privacy is assured. Traveling abroad, just VPN home, and don't worry about what those other governments are doing. Back at home, stop your ISP from traffic shaping and messing with the quality internet access you're paying good money for. You can connect from multiple machines at once, including your smartphone or tablet, and it supports all the secure standards, including OpenVPN and SSTP. Bypass sensors and surveillance with your own secure VPN connection. Go to vpn.pagosity.tv. I swear I'm not turning this into a legal podcast, but there's just been so much to talk about. We've always been a bit skeptical over the claims that companies like Twitter and Facebook are just private companies and can censor whoever they want, since their actions seem a little too coordinated and a little too in line with deep state actors. Especially when these same people say the same concept doesn't apply to someone baking a cake. Now we have direct evidence of it. According to documents filed in California Central District Court, citing emails uncovered by a FOIA request, Twitter coordinated with the California Secretary of State and Democratic political consulting firm SKDK to permanently suspend users critical of how California was conducting elections. The federal civil rights lawsuit, O'Handley v. Padilla et al., was filed by Dillon Law Group. Harmeet Dillon said that her client, Rogan O'Handley, was caught up in the censorship about election integrity when he was removed from Twitter for, quote, perfectly legitimate and honest opinions and commentary about seeking audits about these elections. This is a violation of the First Amendment. It is a civil rights conspiracy. It also violates the California Constitution. Big tech companies have been using the private company narrative to skirt First Amendment protections as they aggressively purge conservative voices from their platforms. But now we've seen the smoking gun that Democratic political operatives and Democratic elected officials at the highest levels have been working hand-in-glove with these companies to suppress political dissenters. This is wholly un-American, and we are looking forward to fighting this injustice. Apparently, this action wasn't even anti-conservative so much, since it was an action that even hurt other Democrats in favor of Alex Padilla, who was appointed to replace Kamala Harris in the Senate, even over other Democrats. The emails include one from either Padilla or an officer of his directly requesting that Twitter censor O'Handley based on a tweet critical of his office. How much more of a smoking gun could you want? One of O'Handley's infringing tweets read, Audit every California ballot. Election fraud is rampant nationwide, and we all know California is one of the culprits. Do it to protect the integrity of that state's elections. The lawsuit states that Padilla's newly created Office of Election Cybersecurity, quote, devolved into a political weapon for censorship of disfavored speech by an overtly partisan Secretary of State's office, more resembling an Orwellian Ministry of Approved Information than a constitutionally restrained state agency. The California censorship scheme included supporting the victory of SKDK's client Joe Biden, 
the elevation of California Senator Kamala Harris to the vice presidency, and creating an opening for Padilla himself to be elevated to the position of a United States Senator from California. Padilla even used emergency authority under the COVID pandemic to sidestep state regulations on government contracts to create the secret contract with SKDK. Quote, A Democratic political consultant hired with taxpayer dollars in a closed-bid, closed-door boondoggle to which not even California's Democrat controller could turn a blind eye, flagged Mr. O'Hanley's inconvenient speech to the OEC as evidence of election misinformation. Twitter promptly complied with the OEC's request to censor Mr. O'Hanley's problematic opinions from its platform and ultimately banned his account, which had reached over 440,000 followers at its zenith, for violating Twitter's civic integrity policy. Other tweets of O'Hanley's leading up to his termination mentioned in the lawsuit are January 18, 2021 When your country is stolen and you aren't even allowed to talk about it, that's not freedom, it's fascism. January 21, 2021 We are captives under a government we didn't elect. It was forced upon us. That is by definition a dictatorship. January 22, 2021 How about a 9-11 commission-style report on what the hell just happened this past election? When half our country stops believing in the integrity of our vote, that's an emergency issue. At this point, Twitter locked up Handley's account for seven days. And the one that got him kicked off the platform, February 22, 2021, Most Votes in American History, with a picture of the U.S. Capitol building behind a fence. Quoth the lawsuit, Twitter never elaborated on how Mr. O'Hanley's five-word tweet and photograph of the U.S. Capitol, incidentally, Mr. Padilla's new workplace, which was posted well after the 2020 election had been certified and a new president installed in office, manipulated or interfered with an election, suppressed voter turnout, or misled people about when, where, or how to vote. Dylan said, quote, Whether it is for Rogan O'Hanley or for any other American, the First Amendment must be protected. Political speech, the right to express ideas and engage in the political process, is core to the First Amendment. It is sacrosanct. That's why this case, O'Hanley v. Padilla, is so important. If we are ever going to have free and fair elections again, we have to stop big tech collusion with big government to censor your speech. Do you have children or nieces or nephews? Are you homeschooling or just want to counter some of the socialist indoctrination most children get in school? If so, go to bogosity.tv slash Tuttle Twins and you'll be taken to a website where you can get some great books for elementary age children. The Tuttle Twins books are books about liberty and free market economics that include children's versions of Bastiat's The Law, Leonard Reed's I Pencil, and Hayek's The Road to Serfdom, as well as books about the Federal Reserve and how regulations protect business cronies. They'll learn about the harm caused by eminent domain or regulations passed in the name of safety and fundamental concepts of liberty. And as you can see from the sample pages on the website, they're all easy to read and nicely illustrated. They're just $9.99 a piece, or get a special discount as well as free bonuses when you purchase all five. You can even buy in bulk to donate to schools and local libraries. So get the Tuttle Twins books at bogosity.tv slash Tuttle Twins. And now it's time to acclimatize this week's Biggest Bogun Emitter. And this week it goes to Disney for more stupid copyright tricks 
laying claim, apparently, to 3,000-year-old mythical characters. At least, it appears so because of artwork removed from Redouble over a copyright dispute from Disney. The artwork, by a user going by the name Johnny, was of the Norse god Loki. Not even a rendering of the Marvel Comics version of Loki. This comes not too long after an Etsy user had her store taken down for selling Loki worship candles. Disney, why do you have to ruin everything you touch? Johnny shared a screenshot from the Redouble Notice saying they have removed his artwork, Low-Key Loki, from a complaint from rights holder Disney Enterprises, Inc. over the subject matter Loki. But I mean, it's not like Disney can claim Loki just because they did the Thor and Avengers movies. Stargate SG-1 featured the character before them, and Kevin Smith did it before them in the movie Dogma, played by Matt Damon, who didn't need a British accent to do it. No word as of yet if they're also planning on building a time machine so they can go back and sue the authors of the Poetic Edda. The modern version of Norse mythology is called Asatru, and there are still Asatruists to this day. They're not just claiming mythology, they're claiming an extant religion. The Twitterati had a field day, with one person tweeting, Disney trying to copyright the deity Loki sounds like a sitcom-level ridiculous way to actually be cursed by the actual god Loki. Another tweet read, Disney, you can't copyright a god. Are you joking? That's a whole religion and culture. It's not the first time you've done this either. You can't tell people not to sell things for the Norse god Loki. Another tweeted, Disney is trying to copyright Loki, a Norse god. They're even targeting small businesses who sell Loki stuff unrelated to Disney's Loki. I'm so mad. And another tweeted, First Disney tries to copyright the Day of the Dead, and now Loki? Disney, you don't own religions or cultures. What the fuck is wrong with you? Referring to Disney's legal shenanigans ahead of the 2013 film Coco. As if we needed any more proof that the IP and DMCA system is completely broken. And that's why Disney easily took this week's Biggest Bogani Meadow. I want to tell you about the eyeglasses I've been wearing for years. As people can see on my videos, I have a very strong prescription, which makes glasses more expensive, especially when I need computer glasses, reading glasses, prescription sunglasses, and most expensively, progressive lenses for general everyday wear. To save money while still getting quality glasses, I get them from Fermu. In fact, I just got a pair of progressives with high-index aspherical lenses and a nice pair of frames my wife loves for just over $100. It would have been $500 to get them through my eye doctor. Not only do they look good, the glasses are durable. I've worn many pairs for several years without problems. All orders come with a 30-day return policy, a 3-month warranty, and one-on-one -on -one customer service. Go to Firmu, that's F-I-R-M-O-O dot Bogosity dot TV anytime you need quality glasses at a low price. Once again, that's Firmu dot Bogosity dot TV. And now let's cinematize this week's Idiot And it's deja vu all over again. Back in November of 2019, we covered a case where an Oregon engineer was fined for doing math without a license. Okay, practicing engineering without a license, but it amounted to the same thing. But that was just one ridiculous case, right? It couldn't happen again, right? 
Well, it just did, this time in North Carolina. Engineer Wayne Nutt is retired, but he loves to respond with corrections whenever he sees someone make a math or engineering error. He used to work for DuPont designing piping systems, and as an industrial engineer, he was exempt from state licensing requirements. But according to the state licensing board, you need a license just to talk about engineering. And Nutt found that out the hard way when he volunteered to testify as an expert witness in a case about piping design, his bailiwick. He even still had the relevant text, camera and hydraulic data, on his shelf, involving a housing development whose inadequate piping caused flooding in nearby areas. After his deposition, in which he even said he wasn't a licensed engineer, and which he merely provided some simple math, the board charged him with practicing engineering without a license, a criminal misdemeanor. In fact, they even acknowledged that he didn't need a license to actually engineer things, but he did need one to talk about engineering things. The Institute for Justice has taken his case. They wrote, That is wrong. In this country, we rely on people to decide who they want to listen to. We do not rely on government to decide who gets to speak. The board's position gets that important principle backwards. That is why Wayne has joined forces with the Institute for Justice to file a major First Amendment lawsuit against the board, designed to vindicate the basic principle that the First Amendment protects our right to hear useful speech on difficult topics and that the board cannot silence Wayne simply because his opinions are based on his knowledge of engineering. And as they point out, this is hardly a one-off. Quote, Wayne Nutt is not alone. Across the country, licensing authorities are wielding their power to silence speakers they do not approve of or punish people for speech they do not like. In Oregon, the State Engineering Board fined Matt Yarlstrom $500 for the crime of publicly complaining about yellow light timing without a license. In California, a state board is trying to forbid a horseshoeing school from teaching horseshoeing to people who have not graduated from high school. And in North Carolina itself, this same state board has cracked down on drone enthusiasts who take pictures of land on the theory that these pictures constitute surveying. And these growing crackdowns on speech come alongside a national explosion of occupational licensing requirements. Today, about a fifth of American workers need a license from the government to do their job. With the boards in charge of those licenses increasingly acting as if the First Amendment does not apply to them, the free speech rights of literally millions of Americans hang in the balance. So another attempt to require a government license to do math makes the North Carolina Board of Examiners for Engineers and Surveyors this week's Idiot Well, that wraps up this, as the one guy said to the other guy when he was getting fed up, I'm getting fed up, edition of the Bogosity Podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please go to donate.bogosity.tv for several ways to support and discord.bogosity.tv to join the discussion. Subscribe at Patreon or Subscribestar, and you can listen early and ad-free. Thank you for listening. Until next time, here's a quote from Robert M. Persig. The truth knocks on the door, and you say, go away, I'm looking for the truth. And so it goes away, puzzling. The Bogosity Podcast is licensed under Creative Commons Attribution on Commercial No Derivatives 4.0 International License. Bogosity.
We live in a world where light bulbs connect to the internet, and recent attacks on them prove that your online security is under threat like never before. Not only your websites, but the internet-enabled devices you buy. And the biggest problem is weak passwords. That's why you need LastPass. LastPass allows you to randomly generate strong, unique passwords on the web and on your internet-enabled devices, all protected by one master password. LastPass sets up in minutes and gives you secure automatic logins throughout the web, synchronizing across all your browsers, all your computers, and even your mobile devices, at home, at work, or on the road. It even securely stores sensitive form data, including credit card numbers, backup sensitive documents, software licenses, Wi-Fi logins, and more. And with LastPass Premium, you can get these benefits on other applications, manage passwords for your entire family, and also get priority customer support. Sign up at password.bogosity.tv for a free month of LastPass Premium. Log in securely everywhere using the last password you'll ever have to remember. Go to password.bogosity.tv and get LastPass now.